Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Harden My Take, the number one podcast for SB Nations. The Dream Shake. My name is Michael, the Hebrew Hammer Brown, and I am joined by the oh-so-talented Mr. Ray Lucas. Ray, how are you, sir? Happy Sunday evening. I'm doing great. Um, Happy Sunday to you, too. Just got finished watching the Rockets and then looking at some of the playoff games. Well, there you go. Uh, Game number eight on the season tonight. The Rockets fall to the Los Angeles Lakers. 120 to 102 at home. A lot to talk about tonight, uh, Ray, but I think I'm going to start it off with, good Lord, the Lakers are good. Yeah, they're talented. I think we kind of expected this going um, into the season, the way their offseason kind of worked when they acquired Dennis Schroeder and then made some more acquisitions, even though Wesley Matthews didn't play. They're just – they're going to be really hard to beat this year. You know, Jeremy accuses me – not accuses me. I'm a fan first, right? Like, you and I, we're on the podcast, we're talking sports, but, like, I watch the games as a fan. And watching (laughs) the game tonight, I was so beyond frustrated with so many different things the Rockets were doing. Like, there was no energy tonight. It was dead. Like, was that just me or did it feel like the entire game, the Rockets just played with no energy, like just as a whole? Yeah, didn't really have the pace that you'd expect them to have going into a big matchup like this, especially when you get that rematch of a team that eliminated you from the playoffs. And when you don't bring that against a team like the Lakers, you kind of see the results and the score. But it was definitely a little slower than I expected. I think that might be just showing what state of the team is at compared to the Lakers. The Lakers are um, pursuing championships. They're trying to go back-to-back while the Rockets are really trying to figure out everything, trying to figure out what's going on with James Harden. And maybe that's why the energy level is so low. I don't know. Yeah, you brought up James Harden. Um, I, dude, something's, something's going on. I, I can't put my finger on it. But I, I just don't get it. I mean, his stat line was, was pretty solid tonight. I mean, 38 minutes, 7 of 14 from the line. He was 2 of 8 from 3. He had 6 rebounds. He had 9 assists. But he had 7 turnovers. And he was a minus 11 on the court. But you would think that the James Harden of yesteryear as a Rocket would get up for this type of game, pounding his chest, you know, being very boisterous with his actions on the court. There was just none of that tonight. Do you think that there's something going on with Harden? Do you think he just looked across the court and said, that team is just so much better than us. We may as well just pack it up and go home. 
I mean, what do you think it was tonight, or am I reading too much into that? Yeah, I think I noticed um, he was a bit more nonchalant than usual. It might be because the team's struggling sometimes if a player wants a trade and then the team's not doing too well, it kind of can cause some frustration for the player. But I don't know if that's fair for me to say that about him. But it also could be just the fact that the season turned around so quick that for a player with his usage rate, maybe he's a little bit fatigued or maybe it's just getting used to this new year. I don't know, but it's really early into the season and he doesn't seem like his energized self, which is a little concerning. Yeah, for sure. Um, First quarter, you know, kind of getting started here with the game recap, DeMarcus Cousins and Markeith Morris get into it. I think it was the right call on the court for people who didn't watch the game. Markeith Morris threw a pretty blatant elbow on Jay Sean Tate. DeMarcus Cousins came in, stepped up for, for Jay Sean, kind of shoved uh, Morris to the floor. Morris gets up, comes across the lane, and full-on shoves DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, I, do, I believe he deserved to be thrown out. Do you think that was the right call there uh, to throw Morris out? Yeah, definitely, because, one, I don't think the action really warranted his reaction. I think he clearly had shoved Tate out the way, and then DeMarcus Cousins responded with a shove, but it wasn't really excessive. Like, it wasn't really anything that was malicious. And then Markeith gets up and runs over and really knocks him over. So I think the ejection was the right call, especially because that could – like a fight could break out and you don't want to see that. Do you feel like DeMarcus Cousins has been a net positive for the team thus far with his performance? I mean, he has been thrown out of 25% of their games, but with what were your expectations coming into the season with DeMarcus Cousins and has he gone below those expectations, met those expectations or exceeded those expectations with what you've seen from his performance on and off of the court with this team? I'd say he exceeded my expectations because um, he's a guy who's been injured and you don't really know what you're going to get when he comes back and finally plays. And obviously he only played eight minutes tonight, but he's been on the court a lot more than I thought that he was going to be. I think that became pretty clear in the preseason. Um, he, his shot looked really nice and he looked really comfortable in the offense, but also just, the fact that when Markeith Morris pushed him, he didn't respond in a way that you'd expect him to respond. Because, like, he's an emotional player, and sometimes emotional players, when they get upset, they'll react differently. But he was really calm, and you could tell in that moment he was focused on staying in the game, but then the flagrant foul later changed that. But I think he's been great for the Rockets. I think moving forward he'll continue to be great, obviously, if they bring him back another year. The, the end of the first quarter, the Rockets were only down by four. They got really lucky to only be down by four. And it was either – I can't remember the specific time that DeMarcus Cousins got thrown out. I believe he got thrown out before the end of the first quarter. I thought it was a really weak call on uh, throwing him out on the, the LeBron foul that he had. I mean, for again, for the people who didn't watch the game, DeMarcus Cousins gets ejected after receiving his first technical foul on that skirmish with Morris. He, I think, had a, a common foul on LeBron, but the refs called it as a, you know, 
uh, an offense worthy of being thrown out. I thought it was a terrible call, and I thought LeBron only got that call because he was LeBron. Do you think that as well, or do you think it was warranted? I think I can see why they called it that way. I think it just sometimes looks worse than what it really is. Like when you watch the replay, you see him swiping through, and he's really just going for the ball. But in real speed, it looks like he just whacked him upside his head. Well, the problem it, is they went to review it, and he, he made contact with his head, but that was it. That wasn't flagrant. That wasn't, a, that wasn't intentional. It was a terrible call on Cousins. Yeah, I think it's, it's a weird thing. I think it's by the rules, I guess, then, yeah, it's valid to throw him out for that. But it reminds me kind of college football with their targeting rules where mm-hmm. sometimes the penalty happens, and you're like, that's not really targeting. But then by the rules, you're like, well, yeah, I guess it's targeting. I think that's more that situation because you could see the response from the Lakers. They didn't really react. They just – because they knew that he wasn't trying to hurt him or anything like that. They knew it was just a basketball play. So the Rockets were down 19 at halftime. They cut the lead. I mean, they were down by 20-plus for a decent amount of the, the second quarter and going into the third quarter. They did get it down to 12 but the Lakers kind of pulled away there early in the fourth, end up losing 120 to 102. Uh, I want to get into some of the player performances for the Rockets tonight first. P.J. Tucker had a decent game last game against Orlando, but I'm almost not going to cover that because that Orlando team, I'm pretty sure, couldn't beat some of the high school teams here in the city of Houston. Um, So overall, if you take that game out of the equation, P.J. Tucker just looks lost offensively. He's made some plays defensively, but overall, he's a net negative for this team. Hey, what, do you, what do you do with P.J. Tucker right now if you're Coach Steven Silas? Because I think you have to adjust his role on this team. Yeah, because it's clear he doesn't fit with what they're currently doing like he fit last year where it's kind of just a James Harden or a Russell Westbrook isolation. And then since they're so explosive when going to the rim, you have to help, which gives him a wide open shot they've kind of well they've really pushed away from that heavy iso ball and he's definitely suffering I think it depends like if they want to trade him I think you'd want to keep him on the floor so maybe he could play into his value but right now I don't think any team would be looking at him and saying yeah we really want that guy on our team like he could really make a difference but he played 29 minutes and scored four points I think definitely there has to be change to a rotation um, get some younger guys in there, see what can happen because right now this team doesn't really know what's going to happen with James Harden. And the more reps those younger those younger guys get, the better. So I'd like to see them either give him another opportunity to really come out and have a big performance or kind of cut just a little bit into his minutes and see if you can get anything better off the bench. Christian Wood – uh, scored 23 points tonight, but he only had three rebounds. He is glaringly becoming a guy that teams are going to go at defensively. I don't know how much his game can improve this season, but are you and I kind of aligned with our thought that this guy needs to go eat a couple cheeseburgers and some ribs this summer and put on some weight? Because right now he's just getting dominated inside against guys that have physical strength in their upper body 
and he's just getting pushed around on a night in and night out basis, it feels like. Yeah, that's definitely going to become an issue as he gets um, a little – if this team does keep James Harden and they go into the playoffs, that's going to be a glaring issue where they could just attack inside, especially if they get matched up with the Lakers. His frame is really thin. And I noticed that when watching the game, when he was standing next to Anthony Davis, you can kind of see it in their arms. It's just the difference. Um, like you said, I don't know if, if he can really make too many jumps this season, considering it's such a limited time to improve, especially improve your body. You don't want to do too much of that during the season. But moving forward, he'll definitely have to get a bigger frame, hopefully bulk up like Anthony Davis has done throughout his years. Because Anthony Davis has just always had that ridiculous wingspan where he's going to block the shot anyways. But as he got a little stronger, he became much more of a defensive force. I'll ask you, I won't beat around the bush. Is James Harden quit on this team? Uh, I don't know if it's fair to say that this early. I think he could just be going through a slump with it. I mean, you never know what's going on with a player. Um, he could just be having a hard time. I don't think he's quit on them yet, but I don't think they're trending in a direction where he'd want to stick around. Because at the start of the season, it seemed like, okay, yeah, these Rockets are going to be really good. But the thing for him is he wants to know that they're going to be really good. And he wants to know that he'll be able to compete. Hopefully he hasn't, because I'm a big fan of James Harden. And that'd be really disappointing. But it's tough to tell right now. I feel like the, the direction of the team, they need to – Silas kind of needs to take a step back at this point and run the offense through James. Mm -hmm. and just let him go ball out because a guy that I want to discuss who's had a great start to the year is Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon just had a terrible game tonight. Yeah. I think the Lakers length killed the Rockets tonight. Like they're, they thrive in a situation where they can get to the bucket or get open threes. And when they're going up against the length of the Lakers, it just seems to be a problem. And I feel like the Rockets right now, the only way that they're going to win games consistently is let James shoot the ball 30 to 35 times a night. Am I wrong? Or do you feel like that seems to be the only way this team is going to succeed at this point, at least until Silas is able to get his system implemented and let get some practices with a full roster? Still missing Daniel House tonight. I mean, I think you're spot on because for years now it's worked in Houston, no matter what the strategy was offensively. James Harden is James Harden at the end of the day, so – if he gets his 30 shot attempts, 25 shot attempts, he's going to score the ball a lot and put you in position to win. But when he only shoots 14 times, we're talking about one of the greatest scorers that the league has ever seen. The ball should be in his hands a lot more. The, you know, just some of the minutes, you know, tonight, I feel like DeMarcus Cousins is a lot more important to this team than people realize. Because with him in there tonight, he played how many minutes? He played eight minutes, and he had six points. I feel like the Rockets have to go out and sign another big man. It feels like this team is in desperate need of some more big guys. You know, one name that I'd like to get your opinion on that is on the street right now is Dwayne Dedman, is a guy that I would love to have on this team. I've wanted him in a Rockets uniform for the past two years. 
I feel like I've been saying, but I think Dwayne Dedman would be the perfect depth big guy for this team tonight because they just got killed once DeMarcus Cousins was off the, the – you know, got ejected there early in the first half. Yeah, definitely have to add more depth because, DeMar- like, chances are you don't know what will happen if DeMarcus Cousins gets ejected down the road in playoff games. But what could happen is foul trouble, especially when you're playing a team we keep mentioning in them. But I guess it's relevant because they played tonight. But the Lakers – they're going to put a lot of big men in foul trouble when the playoffs come because LeBron driving and then Anthony Davis down there, Mark Gasol, just all those guys. So the more depth and size you get, the better. Because if you are going to bank off having Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins, that's not really the best strategy when both guys can easily foul out. Yeah, I mean, Dwayne Dedman, I think, is the perfect guy to put at the end of this bench. I mean, he's seven foot, you know, right at about 250 pounds. I just feel like he gives you that insurance policy that this team has needed desperately, especially last year playing small ball. You know, either I would have loved to have kept Isaiah Hartenstein. I feel like he would have been a perfect guy to play that role. But I feel like there are guys on this team right now that just don't have a role, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. Guys guys like Mason – Bruno Caboclo is a perfect example. Cut Bruno Caboclo because I honestly think he's one of the worst players in the league. Yeah, he looked good in one preseason game, and then I remember people were tweeting about him and hasn't really done much since then, so. No, what you're saying is that there are people that go on Twitter and just spout off things just randomly and it doesn't come to fruition a month later. I, That's crazy. That doesn't happen. Yeah, basically. I mean, he hasn't really done much in the NBA, and obviously there's a chance that he can go make an impact, but right now you're not looking at who can help you down the road. You want to win right now when you have the opportunity to, because this roster I'd say is easily more talented than last year's and winning is the number one priority until things change. And I think they have to make those moves. Deadman would be good. Um, The thing about Hartenstein is they didn't really give him a chance to flourish. And I think they might come back to regret that but they definitely need to tap into the free agency market because right now this team is kind of trending towards a team that balances around 500 towards the end of the year, just because they'll win a game and then drop the next one. So definitely have to make some changes. I feel like in a 72 game series or sorry, in a 72 game season, not 82 and being in my opinion, the the more uh, competitive Western conference versus the Eastern conference, the Rockets can't afford to do that. They can't afford to go on a mini losing streak or lose three out of five because you look at the standings and all of a sudden you can go from being, you know, fourth in the West to eighth in the West or where the Rockets are right now, just flat out not in the playoff conversation. What do you feel like not necessarily needs to change between this game and and Tuesday, but what does this team need more than anything in order to change the direction of this season? I think more than anything, they have to figure out what they're going to do with James Harden because you can't wait around forever deciding if we're going to trade him, if we're going to wait around, if we're going to keep him here. The sooner they figure that out, the better because once you trade James Harden, you get back assets, and if you make the playoffs, then that'd be big, but it's not necessarily going to be what people are expecting if you trade a player of his caliber. But if you decide to keep him, then that should change everything. That should change the players you make trades for because you need to build a team that 
can truly contend, not just make the playoffs. Because this Rockets team, I mean, they could make the playoffs. We could see them in sixth, seventh, or eighth seed at this rate. I think they could be higher, but the way they're playing right now, I don't really see that. But you don't want to make the playoffs just to make it. You want to be able to go there, contend, and give your shot, give yourself a shot to win it. Yeah, I. You got to get with James, and you got to say, "Dude, come on, man! Like, we're not trading you." You know, I, I think the Rockets have made that abundantly clear at this point that at least until the deadline, you're he's going to be a Rocket. He's not going anywhere. They're not going to trade him. They need him to sh- just ball out, and maybe. I think it, what, do you, what is your opinion on just him not being a fit for Silas' system? Because I don't buy that narrative at all. You know, like the Luka Doncic was able to thrive in Silas's system last year in coordination with Rick Carlisle. So I don't buy the narrative that it's the system that's bothering Harden. I just think it's Harden getting in the way of James Harden. Do you feel like Silas is having an impact on that or no? I'd say more so James Harden getting in the way of himself because at the end of the day, um, as we were talking about earlier, he's James Harden. He's going to thrive in any system you put him in because he can score the ball like some of the best we've ever seen. I think it's, it's just a really slow start for him. He started off the season quick. He looked really good, especially in the first game he played. But since then, it's kind of slowed down. And why that is, we'll probably never know. I don't think he'll come out and give us a candid interview where he just tells us everything that's going on. But I don't think it's fair to put it on Silas and say it's his system. When, like you said, Luca thrived in that. And obviously, James Harden can score better than Luca. He can facilitate the ball really well. He had nine assists tonight, even though he also had seven turnovers. So it's really... Just him finding his footing, finding how – I think it's more so finding how everyone fits around him in the system and fully adapting to it and accepting it. I mean, it feels crazy to say that he had an off night when he had 20 points and nine assists, six rebounds, seven of 14 from the field. But th- their energy just coming out of the tunnel was just bad tonight. And you can't have that kind of energy playing the, the NBA champions. You just – you can't do it. Definitely. And, you know, John Wall, I thought tonight, wasn't very good. I mean, he had 10 rebounds. He had nine – or, excuse me, five assists, 14 points. But he's just – there's something that the, – the, the cohesion, the chemistry isn't right on this team. Will it take maybe a, a swap out of, you know, uh, you know – I. Bringing Gerald Green back, I mean, can that make a difference on this team? Or is it maybe just time to say maybe the Rockets just aren't going to be very good this year? I'm not there yet, but do you think that the that's what it is? It could very well end up being that because I think if you bring back Gerald Green, yeah, that helps with chemistry and it helps guys gel, but – on the court when it comes down to those players that are in the starting five, if they come out and they look sloppy or if they don't look as clean as you want them to look, that's the real issue is what's going on on the court. It, it's probably, like you are saying, it's probably chemistry more than anything. I mean, the star player wants a trade. 
the other players want him to stick around. So there's not going to be the best chemistry in that locker room. I'm not saying guys would be arguing, but you just don't know if he's going to be around for that much longer. So uh, we'll just have to see over, I think, this next month. Towards February, I think we might have more of an understanding of what this team is going to look like. But right now, it's not looking promising. Is there another city in this country that has to deal with their star player on their football team and their basketball team both wanting out of their franchises at the same time? It just feels so Houston sports, it's unreal. Yeah, as someone who's from Seattle, I've seen a lot about Houston sports over these past two, three years than I've seen ever. I feel bad for you guys, honestly, because it just seems rough. Uh, Deshaun Watson, obviously they didn't talk with him about the general manager hiring and all that. I can imagine your frustration and I feel sorry for you guys. Well, let's look ahead to, to Tuesday night because the Rockets get to take on this exact same team. I think this is really cool by the NBA, by the way, how they've set up these kind of mini series when you travel to a different city to try and cut down on the amount of travel with COVID-19, you know, surging. I think it's been pretty cool. You know, the Lakers come to town and they play, you know, they'll play, they play tonight and then they play again Tuesday. Do you, I think Tuesday night is a very winnable game for the Rockets. There was enough that I saw positive tonight that I feel like they can play with the Lakers on Tuesday night. What are your, you know, mo- you know, keys to the game, if you will, with Tuesday night against the Lakers for the Rockets to pick up the W? I think the easy one would be learning from your mistakes, but what it's really going to come down to is making adjustments and just coming out and playing with more energy. Cause you've pointed out that was an issue tonight. That was a big issue, but a lack of energy shouldn't be an issue twice in a row. That's something you might come out flat and all right, it happened. But the next game, you shouldn't come out flat again. And I also enjoy how they're doing the scheduling. I think it creates kind of an environment that players get used to for the playoffs when it comes to just constant adjustments and getting familiar with an opponent. I hope they continue it going forward. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, looking ahead to Tuesday night, I, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, I actually thought it did a pretty good job tonight of keeping his cool in that, uh, we'll call it a skirmish with Morris. Uh, I think the Rockets need DeMarcus Cousins out there because I feel like he's their police officer. He's their guy that if somebody comes after one of the Rockets, he's going to be there to say, yeah, dude, that ain't happening. I feel like they missed a lot tonight that when the Lakers punched him in the mouth, they really didn't have a counter punch. And I feel like DeMarcus Cousins is going to be that for this team. So I think DeMarcus Cousins staying on the court is going to be vital to this team's success on Tuesday night. Tuesday night to me has to be one of these 45 point performances from James Harden because straight up he got by Alex Caruso when he was covering him tonight, whenever he wanted one-on-one outside of LeBron Give me one guy on the Lakers roster that can play with James Harden defensively. Yeah. Consistently. I mean, if I'm missing a guy, let me know. But he can take any of these guys to the hole whenever he wants. And he just didn't look for that shot tonight. He only shot the ball 14 times. Shot 50% from the field. What else? I mean, go shoot the ball more, James. And that's why tonight's performance was so dumbfounding to me. 
So I feel like we have to get that type of performance from him Tuesday. And if we do, I think we have a good shot at winning this game. I wonder if he's forcing himself to adapt to a new play style. And that would explain why he turned the ball over so much. Like, I wonder if he's like, I want to take an approach more where I'm not so ball dominant and kind of spreading it around, even though he passes the ball really well, which he doesn't get credit enough for. But I wonder if that's the case because having nine assists, nine assists and seven, what was it? Seven turnovers, seven turnovers. Yeah. Nine assists and seven turnovers shows that you're trying to facilitate, but you're also being sloppy or you're second guessing your decisions. I feel Um, like, if he if he's has that mindset, which I don't disagree with you on, then John Wall has to either John Wall or James Harden has to be the aggressive guy in the like if James is gonna be more the facilitator and be the Robin, then John Wall has to step up and be the Batman. I don't know yeah. if that's a great analogy, but it feels like tonight they were both trying to be Robin a little bit. There was no Okay, tonight is James's night. Okay, well, John's going to step back. You know, he had five assists too, and, but he also had four turnovers. So that's 14 assists and 11 turnovers between the two. You're not going to beat the NBA, defending NBA champions with those types of numbers. Yeah, I get what you're getting at. You can't have two guys who both come out and be passive, basically, when you're two guys who can score the ball at a high level whenever you want because – John Wall, obviously, his quickness is ridiculous. Not many players can stay in front of it, if any. And then James Harden is – you can't guard him no matter who you throw in front of him. So, yeah, it's like I get what you're saying when you go with the Batman and Robin thing because you guys both can't be the sidekick, especially when you're playing the Lakers. One of you guys has to step up and be that guy and take charge. It also feels like between this year and last year that the – the shot allocation just for everybody. Like tonight, Eric Gordon only shot the ball four times. In a game against the Lakers, you go to, you look at your best players and Eric Gordon is one of your three most important players. You know, Christian Wood shot the ball 20 times tonight and he was an, an efficient 10 of 20. You got to feel like I'm reading off these stats of shots by these guys I think part of the problem tonight was they just didn't get enough, enough shots up. You know, turning the ball over 21 times, that'll do it. Yeah. So I feel like this is a good place to park the rocket ship. Ray, thank you so much for hopping on my man. Thank you for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. It's always nice. Well, this is my first time getting on with you, but I've really enjoyed my second time on the show. You're welcome back anytime with myself, Jeremy, or both of us. Uh, make sure to give Harden My Take a follow on Twitter under our new Twitter handle account under Harden My Take. You can follow the mothership of Harden My Take. That would be the Dream Shake at Dream Shake SBN. Also, make sure to give us a follow and a like on Facebook at Dream Shake SBN. You can follow me and all of my Rockets. Love, hate, Dolphins, love, hate. Absurd food takes at UH Big Red Hat Guy. You can follow my co-pilot, Mr. Ray Lucas, at at Raymond Lucas Jr. Um, it's pretty easy to spell. It's, it's just however you read it. It's usual Raymond Lucas Jr. Perfect. Make sure to check out the Rockets again Tuesday night against 
the defending champs, Los Angeles Lakers, once again, your unhappy final tonight from inside our Toyota Center. Lakers 120 to the Rockets 102. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.